The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia is brought to you by Healthy Planet. This is 105.9 The Region. Welcome to The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia. I'm Station Manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host from her home studio is Dr. Claudia McKella. Good morning, Dr. Claudia. Good morning, Tina. How are you? I am good, thank you. And I've got to say we had a great deal of reaction about our conversation last weekend about the vision board. You know what? I agree with you. It was a great conversation. I had a lot of inquiry on it. Um, It was so great that I actually created a social media post about a vision board because I think it's really important to plan for the upcoming year. So let's continue the conversation, but let's remind folks what exactly is a vision board? So there's so many different versions of it. I use a vision board or a dream board. Some people call it... um, like a, a, some people put items in a bottle and kind of, you know, wait till the end of the year. I like to create a vision board where I paste my favorite things, the things that I want to accomplish in the upcoming year, the things that I really want to do and participate in. It's pretty much all of my expectations for the next year. And I think it's really important because I think everybody is feeling, you know, COVID fatigue, um, loss of like control, some sadness. And I feel like if you can plan ahead for 2021, it maybe won't seem so grim because you can give yourself things to look forward to. And your board can include words and images, right? Yeah, so what I do is I take magazines, I cut out images of where I'd like to visit, things I'd like to do. So for example, if your goal this year is to take better care of yourself, I'll, I will take out pictures of me at a, of somebody at a spa or somebody working out, and I will envision me doing that very same thing. So it used to be that I would plan trips, and I would, you know, but we don't know what that's going to look like this year. So I'm going to give myself other things to look forward to. I want to plan a bunch of winter activities to keep me inspired, motivated, and healthy. So I might, I might cut out like ski pictures, um, my favorite quotes, things that I want to bring into the upcoming year that are going to make me feel uplifted. And it feels like a vision board also gets you into a really good and healthy routine. It helps you practice maybe self-reflection, helps you get organized a little bit as well, perhaps? Absolutely. Organization is key because if you constantly view that vision board or that dream board, it'll remind you the things that you really are excited about. So The reason why I encourage vision board is because I try not to live in the past, in the negative past. I, I really reflect on the great things in my life and try to carry them forward, but I try to focus on the future. So to me, a bad day or a bad week is simply that. It's done and over with, and I feel like it can only get better from there. So that's why creating a board with all the things that you feel inspired about or look forward to is a great way to keep positive stay healthy, um, and just look forward to 2021. And your vision board can include things about relationships, perhaps, family, uh, fun, personal growth, uh, anything else that you could put on that board? Your vision board can include anything that you want or expect 
respect or desire of your life. So if you want to spend more time with your family, you just put pictures of that or write little things that, you know, remind you of your family. You know, in my house, we make a big deal out of movie nights. So, you know, a big thing of popcorn and we're sitting on a couch cuddling under blankets. That's a really big deal in my family. So I always have that on my vision board. Um, family first is my favorite quote because I can't forget that my family is the most important thing to me. I cut out recipes that I like to remind myself that I should be eating um, and should be you know, making sure that my family gets. So things like that, sunshine. I, have, I always have a picture of the sun because I try to be outside as much as I can. It reminds me that it's healthy and it's, in, it's important to get fresh air. It'll keep my mind, my body, and spirit in check. You mentioned in, in terms of the vision board that it's about looking ahead and not worrying about the current situation. You know, you mentioned that a bad day is just that, a bad day, leave it and move on. How do you really do that? So, it, listen, it's a work in progress. I mean, we've all had bad days. We all feel like we've had bad weeks and months and even bad years. But, you know, you have to use those situations as an opportunity to grow. So, you know, sometimes I reflect on a situation that may have come up in my life and I think, okay, was that partly to do with me? Was it something that I need to work on, that I need to improve on? Or was it just simply a life lesson that, you know, things are going to get better and you know you just need to move on from it. So half the time I grow. If there's something in my business or in my daily practice or even a situation that comes up with my own children and I feel like maybe I didn't handle it properly, I look back on it and I say, okay, well, I reacted like this, why? Was it something that happened to me that I brought forward? How do I improve on that? But I don't knock myself down for it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. But as long as you know that you're going to always try to be your best, I think that's the key. And I think this year has really taught us that we need less to be happy and we should really just focus on inner growth. And do you share your vision with anyone? Is it something that you keep to yourself? I know you mentioned that you sometimes post it in your house and and obviously your family can see it. But do you share some of these goals with other people, those in your life? Yeah, you know what? I'm not a super, super private person when it comes to my own personal expectations because I feel like it encourages other people to do the same thing. So yeah, I have my vision board in my home office. It's up on my big cork board. Every time somebody walks by it, my kids see it, my husband sees it, I think even the dog is familiar with my vision board, Um, and I don't keep it a secret. I love to share with people what I want to do because, first of all, when I'm able to share with somebody what I expect of my year, it might encourage somebody to want to do the same thing. So I feel like it's important to have community, have friends, have family involved in this because, you know what, you're just setting the tone. You're just creating your tribe of people who are going to want the same things as you and are going to encourage you to achieve those goals. So obviously I'm a vision board novice, so I'm picking your brain (laughs) here. Um, In terms of, you know, our favorite word of 2020 was pivot, or maybe not, Do you have to sometimes adjust and change what's on that board? Yes, absolutely. I mean, my board, if I look back on all my previous boards, the boards the last couple of years were always kind of very similar because I was like status quo. I was happy and content with what was going on. Um, You know, I felt like I was completely balanced 
And I learned this year that, you know what, I had to change things. I was forced to make accommodations, adaptations to overcome a few obstacles. And you know what, I learned so much. So my vision board this year absolutely looks very different than the previous years. I guess it's also an opportunity to observe and recognize the growth and the changes that you've gone through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have grown so much as a person, as a mother, because my children are in different situations, and my vision board is changing based on their needs as well. So it's just incredible to watch yourself change as a person, and this way you're not so hard on yourself because you realize that change is really the most important thing to get you through this thing called life, but to do so with so much integrity and so much joy because I feel like that's what we're missing right now is the joy in everything that we do, and I feel like people are feeling like 2020 stripped us of that, but I disagree. I think that we can still find the joy in everything that we're doing. You know, maybe we're encouraged to help people more this coming year. Maybe we're encouraged to, you know, reconnect with old friends, find new friends, find a new activity that you you absolutely love. I just think there's so much to be hopeful for for the upcoming year, and creating a vision board can do just that. That's terrific. Hope and inspiration. The work of the Vita Nova Foundation is coming up. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 105.9 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia is brought to you by Healthy Planet. This is 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. I'm Tina Cortez, and over to Dr. Claudia with today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us today on The Wellness Prescription is Cindy Sapero, the Executive Director of the Vita Nova Foundation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. So the Vita Nova Foundation's mission is to help put people's lives back together again. Can you tell us a little bit more about the foundation? Sure. The Vita Nova Foundation is a drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. We're located in Woodbridge, which is in southwestern York region. We have a 34-bed inpatient facility for men who are homeless in relation to their addiction. We also have a full-time day treatment program that's offered to men and women. And this program offers daily groups, individual counseling, and family support. We also have an evening family support group and an aftercare program that's about 18 months for those that have completed the program. We're a long-term program that requires a three-month commitment, but clients can spend up to two years with us. On an average, a client spends anywhere from six to nine months with us. And Cindy, when did VitaNova become part of our community? When and why was it started? So we've been in existence since 1987, and it became part of the community. So I was just named the executive director. Our founder and executive director recently passed away on January 17th of this year. And she was the editor of an uh, Italian-English magazine called Vita Sana. And from that, she received many, many phone calls from families who were having a really difficult time dealing with their children who had a drug and alcohol addiction. And so out of that, 
we started with a group and then we grew to a day program and then an inpatient program, but it came out of that need. Now, public health has indicated that opioid overdose has increased since the pandemic. What do you attribute this to? So this can be attributed to how mental health agencies and supports have needed to modify their programming. For example, at Vitanova, we have a 34 inpatient bed capacity. And pre-COVID, we could have 25 people on site attending the day program. So on any given day, we had 50 people who could attend our program. Now with COVID, and of course the public health restrictions like social distancing, for example, we can only admit 18 clients in our domiciliary and our day program is now offered only virtually. Virtual program is helpful, absolutely, but not all clients have access to computers, internet, and not everyone can fully engage emotionally on virtually. So as a result, clients feel isolated and alone because they're not getting the support they need for their addiction. So COVID has severely restricted how mental health agencies and addiction agencies are able to do the work they do. And Cindy, you obviously provide support for your patients. What about their families? What kind of help is offered for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, part of the day program and the domiciliary program, we work with their families and um, they are part of that process. So we meet with them individually. We meet with them alone if we need to. And for the last 30 years, we've been operating a family support group every Tuesday evenings for families or friends or significant others that are dealing with a loved one who has an addiction. So if somebody would like to utilize the services and enroll in the programs, how would they do that? So the first step to enroll in our program is to call our office and speak to the intake coordinator. Right now, our assessments are offered virtually, so we would set up an appointment for that to take place virtually. And then depending on what program you wanted to participate in, whether the domiciliary or the day program, we would uh, put you on a wait list. Our day program doesn't have much of a wait list. We could probably admit you within a couple of weeks. The domiciliary program has a bit of a wait list, probably up to three months. But while you're on that wait list, we would offer you resources and uh, connect with you um, from a group perspective, connect with you individually, just make sure that uh, you're managing while you're waiting to come into one of our programs. So that would be the first step. And then where do they go from there? So from there, they would be either admitted into the day program, and we're doing that virtually right now, or they would be admitted into our domiciliary program, which is on site right now. And so how has this pandemic affected drug use? Like have patterns changed? Is there more usage? So drug use has increased tremendously among drug users as a result of the pandemic. The patterns of drug use have changed as well. Drug users are using more outdoors rather than indoor spaces with other drug users. So what we found and what our clients are telling us is they're using alone more. The frequency in drug use is certainly attributed to the many challenges people are facing, job loss, financial stress, family challenges, Always isolation, loneliness. 
And in terms of the support that you provide your your clients, your patients, their families, is there support after they finish the program, after they feel like they're on the road to recovery? Absolutely. We have what's called an aftercare program. And we say it's 18 months in length, but many of our clients have been there for 5, 10, 15 years. Absolutely. And our aftercare program is very flexible. We have a weekly support group. We have weekend groups. We continue individual counseling with them. We continue to see their families where need be. And so taking it back to the actual usage of the drugs, because I find this very fascinating. I feel like in this landscape, you know, people have become desperate. So drug supplies, I read, are more dangerous and now tainted with fillers. Is this, is this true? And how is it affecting addiction? It's absolutely true. The drug supplies are more dangerous and certainly more tainted. Our clients are telling us that what they believe they are buying from their dealers is not, but in fact, is not an opiate that they thought they were buying, but in fact something stronger, such as fentanyl or carfentanil, that they're putting into the drugs. And carfentanil and fentanyl are a hundred times stronger than the opiate they thought they were. So uh, drugs are much, much more dangerous now. And Cindy, could you tell us a little bit about your story? What brought you to Vitanova and and want to do this type of work? Well, I've been the I've been here for more than thirty years, and I first met Franca Corella, and she was our founder. I met her when I was a student at York University doing um, my bachelor in uh, in social work, and so I had met her through a relative, and I interviewed with her. And at the time, Vitanova wasn't funded. It was way, way back in 1989. And um, her passion for wanting to help those addicted to drugs and alcohol was something that I really wanted. So she said to me, she said, you know, I can't pay you and I have nothing to offer you, but you can volunteer with me. I run a group every Tuesday evening. So that started way back in 1970, sorry, 1987. And then I met the clients. And when I met the clients that she was working with, all of the clients had a story. And within that story, there was some sort of trauma that they had been through. And once you started talking to them, you realized how much they wanted to get help, how much they wanted to free themselves of their addiction. And I wanted to be a part of that. You know, that's actually a really beautiful uh, message. And you know, we always look at people and wonder if they do have a story. And if you suspect that somebody is addicted or has an addiction problem, what signs would they demonstrate and what can we do to help start them on the road to healing? So there's always signs that you look for way before you discover that a drug or alcohol addiction is actually present. There's always changes in attitudes and behaviors. They're not themselves. So for example, They might have low energy. They might tend to sleep more. They'll certainly isolate from their families. Maybe they'll have angry outbursts. Those are just a few examples. But in order to support someone, we always say and suggest trying to talk to them in a loving, compassionate manner. We know that drug users are using to maintain an addiction. And in our experience, many want to stop long before they ask for help. So letting them know that you're there to support them and want to help them and get the help they need is always something we recommend. 
For anyone struggling with addictions or their families that need help, what's your message to them? My message is always recovery is possible. People do recover. That's my message. And never lose hope. Recovery is a journey. It doesn't just happen. And as long as they continue the fight and never give up, recovery is so possible. And Cindy, although there are situations that, you know, don't end well, uh, I always like to focus on the positive stories. Do you have any stories that have a happy ending that you can share with us? Thankfully, at Vitanova, we have many clients who have recovered. And if you visited our website, there are several success stories. So, for example, Rui, he came to us directly from jail. He had no belongings, he had no money, he had no family, and he had a very serious heroin addiction. Today, he's been sober for more than eight years. He's employed. He hasn't returned to jail. He's married. He's healthy. He has a child and an excellent relationship with his family. That is such a great story, and these are the stories that we like to focus on. And we are also blessed that we have a foundation like Vita Nova right in our backyard. And so if listeners want to learn more about Vita Nova Foundation and um, contact you, how can they do that? They can visit our website, www.vitanova.ca. Thank you so much. And Dr. Claudia, if our listeners need to connect with you, how can they do that? You can find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website www.claudiamachiella.com. If you missed any part of the wellness prescription, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on Twitter at 1059theregion or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 1059 The Region.